Um, right, I for this specifically, specifically for this, uh-huh. I have a, a Ethernet cable. That's a, a internet cable running from the router downstairs, thirty meters. This thing is, and it runs all the way up the stairs, up here into the computer to make sure I didn't lose uh, a single you know, second of. A single damn second. Now I'm going to turn my Wi-Fi off just to check it's working. Okay, from the Rutan. <laughs> the Rutan. The Rutan is coming up the stairs very slowly. I'm picking up Sean's rage already. You love the Rutan, man. Rutan clan. <laughs> Rutan. Oh shit! No, save it for the show. Save it for the show. Doctor, doctor. Hello everyone and welcome to the greatest Doctor Who podcast in the galaxy. In the galaxy. (laughs) Galaxy. My name's Richie. Uh, I am someone who likes to respond to the statement, I hate Doctor Who, with, I just, I don't think you've seen enough of it. Uh, So that's basically the concept of this whole show, where I take my friends who dislike Doctor Who uh, and try and find an episode that they might like. Um... Now, joining me, if you've listened to this podcast before, these will be familiar voices. If not, say hello. Um, joining me are Gav, Gesh Gav, hello. Gav Spence. Hiya. Hi, Gav. Hey, hiya. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, you happy to be back? Happy to be watching more Doctor Who? Love it, mate. Like, you know you've converted me. I shouldn't even be on this show. Love <laughs> Doctor Who, man. Have I? Love it. Not boring. It's not. It's not boring. Okay, okay. <laughs> and with Gav, as last time, we have Owen. Owen O'Donnell. Hello. Hi, how's it going, Owen? Have you watched much Doctor Who since we last recorded? Uh, more than I... <laughs> <laughs> more than I wish I had. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I since the last recording, I think I've watched the same Doctor Who serial twice. Oh, right. <laughs> Good. Um, and for the first time ever, first time ever, we have special guest, Sean Cunningham. Hello, Sean. Hello. Hiya. Woo! <laughs> Ow! Ow! Somehow uh, managed to convince Sean to watch some Doctor Who and and uh, come and talk about it with us. Sean, what do you do? What do you do, Sean? Who are you? Um, I'm an animator and I, I have an animation studio and... I make short films and stuff like that. Cool. With cartoons and drawing name and name that. one. He <laughs> <laughs> um, can't look. You can't look. He's made them up. Sean, I did, Sean. I, I did, I, what? No, I was just about to jump in because it, I thought you were struggling. I was going to say Sean. Yeah. Sean's an incredibly talented animator, and he runs mm-hmm. uh, an animation studio in Dublin. And yeah. you also... What's it called, Richie? Sean, why don't you Richie tell us what it's called? called? <laughs> <laughs> Before I murder the pronunciation. It's called Studio Mala. Mala. What does that Mala. mean? What does it mean? It means honey. It's mm. the Irish word for honey. The fuck does that mean? That's why the, the logo's all <laughs> yellow and gooey. <laughs> lovely, lovely. I'm um, a big fan of Studio Mala, and I know what I'm talking about. So we're all big fans of Studio Mala. We think Studio Mala should get the contracts for animating those missing Doctor Who episodes. That'd be good. I no, think, I think I they're do in any good research. Hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, 
I'll do I'll, I'll animate them how I think they're going to look <laughs> I'd get someone to summarise it to me in, in one paragraph and I'd, I'd leave it there and just run with that because like, this is the only Doctor Who you've seen then no matter what the story is it'll be Tom Baker as the Doctor as well <laughs> well I've only I've only seen this and I've seen the one where there's like a skin with a face stretched yeah. across the thing yeah that's I've the best that. one yeah that's have you one. seen the episode or have, you, or have you seen the meme no I've seen I saw that oh okay I've watched that episode. I every know. episode of Sean's animated Doctor Who series is going to be destroyed Cassandra in a lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> that's that show in the lighthouse yeah. <laughs> imagine the lighthouse projecting the light through Cassandra's skin <laughs> projecting her face onto the sky that, like a, that'd be good like a really gory bat symbol she she sees her face in the sky and says oh I'm needed <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, but I'm I, here. I am a sheet of skin. I can't make it down these stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a common misconception. Destructive uh, <laughs> Sandra can can fly actually, because <laughs> you know everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not afraid of Destroyed Cassandra." You know, you just need to go up the stairs. But Destroyed Cassandra, they've got like these little uh, sort of jetpacks. Yeah, they show it in the. Is it one of the the old movies? I think they do it in. <laughs> Yeah, it's, just a a com- it's just a common misconception. Yeah. Remembrance of Cassandra. <laughs> uh, so and you know that slab of pavement that gave blowjobs? <laughs> <laughs> so I was about to ask you, Sean, like what's what's your knowledge and experience of Doctor Who before the one I gave you? It's Cassandra. Cassandra I think it was that Christopher you- Eccleston. Or was it David Tennant? God, I couldn't tell you. Ah, you've got him now. <laughs> you caught him in his. See, that's the thing. See, to be a good liar, you have to have a good memory. And Sean's messed up here. Yeah, I was glad to see that it was the scarf one that I was watching. Mm. I know there's the scarf one. So, uh, <laughs> so you really are like flying blind on Doctor Who knowledge. You've got absolutely absolutely nothing. nothing. I know there's a TARDIS. I know David Tennant is in one of them. I know uh, the guy with the odd face is in the series after David Tennant. Uh, and That's destroyed Cassandra. <laughs> That's destroyed, yeah, yeah. Been in it for years. I guess and over there in Dublin the... you're not quite as hit up with I know what Daleks great, are. Great British institutions. I used to do Dalek impressions <laughs> like in school. Really? But I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just go around school. Do you want to hear my Dalek impression? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Bring oh, me the head of Doctor I've, Who. I've um I've slept through um a radio play in your car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all did. We all did. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I, I wasn't that, asleep. Yeah. I was gritting my teeth <laughs> it was a two part one as well wasn't it Blood of the Dialogue. and do you know when you sleep through a film or like a radio thing and like you're dreaming but you can still just hear the audio of the thing <laughs> mm-hmm. so I've probably built some Doctor Who canon from just hearing a radio in a car and dreaming something else so. was that really only two part it felt like a lot more <laughs> the parts themselves were huge remember like how long was that whole thing? It was like ninety minutes. Like, 
It's not. It's it was definitely about, not me. We got from it was, like, the south of Ireland to Dublin. To from Kerry to Dublin was the length of the. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It? No, <laughs> it was a bit of the journey. <laughs> Sean's also having. I mean, Kerry I paused for the Bell ice cream. <laughs> yeah. All those dreams about uh, Doctor Who and the B fifty twos. That's the only thing, pretty much, that was played <laughs> the entire way. <laughs> Looking at the beautiful cliffs. Yeah, Doctor Who meets the B fifty two. Doctor Who meets Rush. So me going the whole way down. Is this Rush? Really good. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is some intro. As soon, as soon as the drums kick in, this is gonna just take off. Man. Ninety minutes spoken intro. <laughs> is this? I really am like that horrible (laughs) Jeff Wayne's difficult second album (laughs) I really am like that horrible fan that just pushes the thing that they like on everyone else can you I'm thinking about that like before we ask your audience the same put themselves in your situation Mm -hmm. you're the only one that drives so we've rented a car we're going from Dublin to like the south of Ireland yeah uh and you're a Doctor Who fan, the rest of them aren't. Would you put on <laughs> Blood of the Daleks? <laughs> Parts one and two. I think Parts we did part. Uh, you know what? I think we did part one in one direction, part two in another. But I think I, you're right, yeah. I, I think I'm. Uh, maybe I tested the water and maybe you were all just really polite about it and I was like, it sounds like they want to listen to it. I'm going to put it on. <laughs> Sometimes you just like the misery of it, you know? You're just like... Stick it on, man. It'll be funny if it's if it's really like boring. That'll be funny. We put on five minutes of Joe Duffy Funny Friday. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. I thought I'd lock the enemy out. Instead, I've locked it in with us. They always said the beast of Fang Rock would be back. An alien creature. Yes. Traveling through space. Yes. And yet, desperate. You said why? The creature has got into the lighthouse. Now we must fight for our lives. Doctor Who, horror of Bang Rock, starts tomorrow at 11.40. That, that's kind of cool that this is basically properly your first time paying attention to it, I suppose. So it's the first thing of, yeah, yeah, would be. So normally what I do with these things is I, I ask what your favourite things are and then I try and figure out an episode. But it's kind of embarrassing how tenuous the link is. But I'm going to go through it anyway. So I asked Sean... Uh, for top five movies now I understand that this is a question that changes from day to day but I'll just say what you what you gave me um, you gave me Spirited Away you gave me No Country for Old Men you gave me Paprika Koya Niskatsi, um and The Lighthouse ah <laughs> I've only I've only just made that connection now uh, TV shows you gave me The Simpsons, Evangelion, Gurren Lagan, Father Ted, and Better Call Saul, which gave me very little to work with. Yes, Sean, for God's sake. You like rubbish, Sean? Um, and I asked Why didn't you, you name Doctor Who? Then I might have known Ah, I've got the thing for you. I asked I asked Sean what his, what his doc- if he was a doctor, what would his costume be? And Sean says my, my outfit would be a pink cap denim plus sheepskin jacket and massive pump-up runners with heelys in them <laughs> which i think would be a good and yeah, a t-shirt yeah. and a t-shirt that says doctor who 
<laughs> I think, like if the show goes on long enough, I think we're gonna see that. <laughs> and it's gonna be me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a T-shirt that says Doctor Who is not far off having a car with a number plate that says Who won. So. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. They wouldn't do that though. Not again. So from this, basically the lighthouse connection, I was like, okay, horror fang rock. I'm not even going to cut. I've not even asked the time lash guys to do a thing because I'm so embarrassed. But I've decided. I decided to give to go for horror of Fang Rock. Um, funnily enough, about a wee while after, uh, when I realised that none of you would watch it yet, I was going. I was going. I was about to change my mind, and then Gav posted a picture in the group chat that he'd bought the DVD. <laughs> I had. I thought which I was, I was he- which it. was heavily unexpected. I, I was on a group call with a lot of people and I usually have on a Saturday night group call and a lot of them are big Doctor Who fans and they mm-hmm. all said, one, it's brilliant, it's one of the best Doctor Who stories. We've been here and before. And the extras are really good and I should get the, the DVD. And it was £5 on Amazon and I thought, Gavin, do it properly for once in your damn life. Did you watch the commentary then? Is that what you're saying? Oh no, no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I haven't watched the episodes either. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. So let's dive in. I'll give you some stats first. Some st- statistics. Mm-hmm. Yes! Uh, that, does that have a sting of its own? No. <laughs> How much asbestos was on set? Go. <laughs> so, Horror Fang Rock uh, is the premiere story from season 15. It was, uh, it's also, according to the internet, it's story number 92. Um, it was broadcast from the 3rd to the 24th of September 1977 and it was written by Terence Dix I'm not going to go into the whole thing now but like one of the things that struck me about Horror of Fang Rock maybe more than other ones that we've done is that it's quite nicely structured in the sense that every episode kind of almost has a beginning and an end and starts like every episode starts with something else happening and it's about that And the, so like the first episode is about them arriving the second episode is about the folk on the boat the third episode is about them trying to figure out what this thing is, and then when they figure out that it's like a shapeshifter, the episode four, you kind of you get you basically get to see it, the the monster more, and speak to it, and you know when it comes to an end. Um, no, this is good because I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you see it. Ste- we'll, we'll just go straight in with episode one. One of the things that I love about horror Fang Rock is. Um, is that it's a very cold, misty, it's quite cosy, like it's got that old early 20th century, probably re- they reckon around about 1900 lighthouse. Mm. Um, it's got a great cast of characters. Um, I surprise things I feel like I should have explained to Sean, like you know that every story in Doctor Who is like a closed set of characters and a closed story and... No, but I mean, I gather that much Okay. from... From just this, I assume they just have the the doctor and the doctor's pal. It's a good. I guess it's another. Also, it's a good. It's a good way of. It really hammers home that by because by the time you get to the end of the story, everyone's dead, <laughs> except for the two main <laughs> well, characters. <yeah. laughs> That's what I was gonna go into there. <laughs> but the only thing that like um, I, I thought it was actually a really good one to jump into because like you didn't need much prior knowledge. The only thing that I didn't fully get was what what do you call the doctor psyche again is there like Alila. a general well it's companion um, like what her deal companion yeah I didn't know what her deal was and what like I, I 
I got a gist of it, but um, she was the only thing that I didn't really get. But like, it didn't really have any effect on enjoying the the episode. So it was it was actually a good one to. What did you pick up from her character? What did you think she was? She's from another time, or something. Mm -hmm. So basically, stuff. (laughs) Come on, that's a bit of an easy pick, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't get stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So like when we were doing. uh, the first episode I did with Gav here, we did Robots of Death and kind of Hello. went over the whole Leela thing. But Leela essentially was a member of a tribe who was living on an alien planet, but that tribe were the descendants of a crew that crashed, like a spaceship crew that crashed on the planet, and they kind of reverted into being a bit more tribal and a bit more primitive. And then she's now off. Basically, the Doctor took her with him um, which is so that's why she's got this very kind of like hard ass attitude. Um, well, this is the weird thing because I found that with Leela, mm-hmm. I was I, I'm quite enamoured uh, with Dad's favourite Leela, <laughs> and I think it's just a cool idea for a character because the Doctor's so passive in terms of how they how they deal with things, and she's like, I'm I'm going to batter you, I'm going to stab you with this knife that I keep in my boot. Uh, and I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, this is a Leela one, because I really enjoyed it in the last episode that mm-hmm. we watched, uh, The Robots of Death. But then I looked up on Wikipedia, like, what her eventual fate is. Yeah. And it's crazy. She goes, she goes through an awful lot, that character. And we'll go into it, I won't spoil it, because obviously we'll, go, we'll, we'll eventually look at all the episodes. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, like, they have... <laughs> eventually, yeah. They have this thing with, like... It's a weird thing with old Doctor Who, especially now that you have like modern Doctor Who as a comparison where like, you know, modern Doctor Who is very romantic and it's very, everybody's, you know, very emotional and they're all getting off with each other and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like old Doctor Who very much feels know. like the story is, like I, I read someone explaining this recently, but the story, like the events is what it's about more of the time rather than that. like they don't really explore uh, backstory of characters a lot I, um, I, so I got very, that a lot when I complained so when they, about this episode yes from my friends they were all like I was much like Robots of Death and uh, Inferno and I was like I would really have liked even five minutes of what did he what, what is the outcome of this what's the aftermath of this death you know mm. and and the, every one of them was like that's not what Doctor Who's all about alright <laughs> but I mean <laughs> I will say in his defence that like I think one thing when Doctor is at its best he does world building really well usually with just the odd bit of throwaway dialogue or like you get to deal with the guys who turn up in the boat like pretty quickly mm. um, but also like I, 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 you know to take it back to the first episode I really like the the, um, the cast of characters and um, having I, I recently just watched a documentary about fishermen and and um, what like a, a, like old fishermen from the past, and one thing I didn't realize is just how insanely superstitious they were, and I like and, and now that I know that it was nice seeing it built into the story and but anyway sorry I don't want to talk about it too much because I want to hear what Sean like what was your initial feelings in the first episode because when you start watching it were you starting to go you know I could get into this or I'm not enjoying this or this yeah. is a bit slow or no I was totally kind of hooked in already even with just the supporting cast because I think well I think you actually just 
like it was such a one-to-one thing to just pick he said the lighthouse in his film so I'll pick the one with the lighthouse <laughs> because it totally worked I was totally was like yes a lighthouse thing because <laughs> I think just that claustrophobic drama with only like just characters that are stuck together in like mm. three or four rooms it's just great so I was pretty on board with just that on its own yeah and um even without like knowing anything about Doctor Who the fact that just two weird people show up and are just kind of curiously poking at things was mm-hmm. just great so I was, I was really on board from the first episode actually it's good fun yes Owen um, you, you, just because you asked about first impressions mm-hmm. like a first time viewer seeing this for the first time and how the opening of episode one would make you feel may I just say if this was the very, very first time I ever saw Doctor Who mm-hmm. and someone was telling me, oh, you got to watch Doctor Who, it's great. And Doctor Who shows up and he's wearing that hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was the way he does, and he's talking the way he does, you know, he's just like, ooh, 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 and he's wearing that hat. I would think, turn this off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Ba- based entirely on the hat. Right. I would just think, this is not something not for me. I'm going to, this is not. It's not all right. <laughs> you said I would like Brighton. Well, I do not. Does this look like Brighton? I do not know. It's not even Hope. Could be Worthing. The machine has failed again. Oh, not really, not failed. We're on the right planet in the right time. Roughly in the right general direction. Assuming this is worthy. You cannot tell. Because the localised condition of planetary atmospheric condensation caused the malfunction of the visual orientation circuits. Or to put it another way, we got lost in the fog. The, uh, the question I was going to ask initially was when Leela has to have a change of clothing and they find her a big chunky jumper, mm-hmm. I immediately thought, Richie must be loving this. <laughs> This must I be actually, a dream come true. I have him. a note here that just says "good jumpers" because there is a lot of <laughs> yeah. jumpers. It's a good, it's um, a good jumper episode. In a similar vein, Gavin, <laughs> when I saw that jar of Bovril on the table <laughs> in episode one, oh, yeah. I thought Gavin must be loving this. I love this. <laughs> yeah, fact, I, love, I, I do love a wee Bovril. You know, I've got my notes here, as you can see. Yeah, and. Bovril, you'll see, is the only <laughs> note I have for episode one. It's the only thing that jumped out. <laughs> yeah, Bovril happens. That is a good one that happens. Bovril happens. I was really... Who's the, the first one? I, like, I was just really on board with the, the, the main trio of the Lighthouse's mm-hmm. um, little friendship. So I was just kind of getting disappointed the more they were... Killed I know. Poor yeah. Ben. Like, I feel sorry about the guy, uh, Ben at the start, who's like, You must be like, I'm in Doctor Who. Oh, is that? I'll oh, be four weeks' work for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> dead. Yeah. Dead inside it's of like, five minutes. Also, my, the bodies, they, they're reanimated or something. So, will I come back? No. No, you no. don't say that. <laughs> no, that only happens. Sometimes. Anyway, I bet he still did twenty years of conventions after it, though. <laughs> That's the dream, man. Honestly, get him. <laughs> fucking get him, Richie. Uh, that is the dream for me. A wee, a, a fifteen-minute roll on on screen. Drinking some soup, Doctor Who. Yeah, just doing something like I say one or two lines, and that's me for life. Going to like yeah. the Kirkcaldy Comic Con. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> I get seventy quid and my lunch. <laughs> I always, I always really twenty quid a photo. Love the idea of being someone who was uh, like killed really horribly and memorably mm. in a big film. You know, I don't even need to have any lines. It's like I'm the first person who makes a dash for like yeah. an escape, and my head's blown off. You know, <laughs> that's the ideal thing because that's when you get to go in the cinema and go point and go like, look, <laughs> yeah. that's my head. That's my head exploding. Look, yeah. I didn't really have to do do too much. Bring it But everybody saw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would think I would like a part like that. Like, um, generally because I'm six foot seven and. A, a chubby man. I, I've, I've been asked a few times to play roles in like films or f- friends' films projects, and it's always as a big bully bastard. And I go, that's not really me. I know it's only acting, but I know, the fact so that they nice thought of me, of. the fact that they thought of me, uh, always stings a little. I feel um, like, but I would like to I can, play. You can even sell a bully. I feel like. Sure. I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you could not, do a good Frankenstein once he's mellowed out. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, just, just wants to be pals kind of guy. No fire, no yeah. open flames, you know. You'd, yeah. You'd be good for that. You know when Frankenstein's having a nice time with the blind guy? Oh, I thought you meant he's having a nice time with that wee lassie. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Look, she taught the wrong lesson. <laughs> Ultimately. You will um, pay the price. <laughs> But I did, I, I, I did particularly enjoy. I mean, I enjoy how kind of like the young guy Vince, who's who finds the mm. body and he's really quite upset about it. Yeah. But I also like he's very sweet, I think. And then, but mm. I also like Ruben. I love how like suspicious and just superstitious he is, and the line about um, how Ben died with anger in his soul. He won't rest easy, you know, boy. If Ben was killed by that dang blasted machine, there'll be anger in his soul. A man that die like that will never rest easy. I thought that was great that he just jumped straight to like he's fucking just he's an angry ghost right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't Oh he won't he won't have gone to heaven. (laughs) <laughs> he's here and he is furious <laughs> I thought it was so strange because when Ruben is like obviously suspicious his friend has just died mm-hmm. and this stranger has turned up so he's a little suspicious but the doctor's just like literally says to him, like what are you going to do like, uh, yeah. no, I know well I think <laughs> that's, what are you going to do I think it's, it's one thing that I really love about uh, because the thing about the fourth doctor the thing about Tom Baker specifically is that he just always has this air of like almost like he doesn't care mm. <laughs> he's just he's there he's having a bit of a laugh but I do love that line where he's backs to like Ruben's talking to him and he's backs to him yeah. and the camera can see him and he's just grinning all the way through it yeah like, like, but his he's like, the like died. <laughs> what are you going to do clap as an irons it's just such a great I, like, I know that because of the nature of the show you cannot dedicate a full hour of every story to everyone getting on board with the fact that this guy has shown up in a box yeah. and so you just have to skip over that stuff or you or that'll be the show every single time yeah but they think he's arrived it on does a boat, leave you with a, a funny 
plot structure of the mystery is people keep dying Aye. but this this guy's not case <laughs> and a clearly extremely threatening woman with a knife <laughs> who keeps waving the knife in everyone's face and saying I'm going to kill you <laughs> those two strangers have shown up and it's still like what's going I t- there's a beast out there yeah, and so the idea could, of just going. What could be happening? How did how did Ben die? Oh, he was electrocuted. Says the doctor. That, and, and, <laughs> and and the nutcase. Once there's enough bodies piling up, starts saying aliens did this. <laughs> that, like that was my that was my takeaway for this whole thing is that like having no other um, Doctor Who experience, just starting off with these three lighthouse guys that I got quite familiar with I was like these guys are nice I like them and uh, none of them are alive (laughs) by the end of it and the guy who just showed up doesn't really care Uh, it's because like I I really saw what's his name the youngest one like Vince he was the kind of protagonist for me Hmm. just coming into this completely blind like just treating this like one film and it's just so funny that just like part way into it this fella shows up and just kind of kind of ruins everything well no he (laughs) Well, no, he doesn't save anyone, does he? But uh... <laughs> yeah, like if the doctor turn didn't, if they didn't land there, nothing would have been different. They all would have still died. No, he saved the world. He saved the world, though. <laughs> Not interested. He didn't, me. though, because they've already been in the future, and like obviously the plan didn't work. So. There's, don't, don't. For our listeners at home, Richie is making a face. I'm, I'm, I'm making my. I'm going to try not to explain this face. <laughs> don't try and explain Doctor Who the on previous, a Doctor Who I think podcast. It's the previous season, there is a bit. There's a there's a there's a good bit in the previous season uh, episode called Pyramids, Pyramids of Mars, where Sarah Jane says the same thing. She's like, "We've been in the future. We know the world doesn't end." And he's like, "Well, let's go and have a look, shall we?" And they go to the future, and the world isn't there. <gasps> And no. it's just like this idea that everywhere he goes, time is constantly changing and moving around him. So it's like, uh. well, that's handy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will but say which it's... in itself opens up a whole other load of problems, I'm sure. But but hey, <laughs> I mean that's why it's just like the whole that. thing. I mean that's the the best thing about Doctor Who is that there's so much of it that if anyone tries to hit you with the canon. You know, this happened here, this happened, mm. it's can't because this contradicts this. You end up just having to go, eh. Time <laughs> travel, mate. <laughs> but, um, Ed, I mean, Ed, I, I didn't know this actually until today, but the poem that he recites at the end, this story is kind of based on this poem because there was a. Now, what's it called? Hold on. It's written by Wilfred Gibson, it's called Flannan Isle, right? And the poem is about an incident where a lighthouse on Flannan Isle was discovered and the three lighthouse keepers had vanished entirely. Ah. So, like, the, I think there was... Apparently there was an earlier draft of the story where two people survived and it's like, actually, let's let's have it that everybody dies so that it's yeah. kind of like this lighthouse story from... Oh, that's quite cool. Which is why he... Because, I, I, I mean... I imagine most people watch it and the, the, the poem he says at the end you're like cool I'm sure that's a reference to something yeah. <laughs> as the music kicks in everyone's like just oh. so cracked by orbital coming in <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so episode two, uh, we get the boat arriving with the um, the MP and the Lord and his secretary. Um, well, I mean, we got the end of episode one was the crash. Oh, of course, the crash. Yeah, <laughs> the boat Let's not crash. Forget. I've it's got my, very, um, my yeah. notes. I've got the crash was a bit underwhelming, and I know it's the seventies <laughs> and Doctor Who, but I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> so that's the state of mind that I was in at the time. There were that was like yeah the first of a few throughout the whole things where I go that looked at well I suppose it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know the cra- I think it's because the camera lingers on the shot for quite a while it's like we've got nothing <laughs> yeah. else to cut to <laughs> yeah this so is like um, we're just going to put loads of sound shot. effects of the hull <laughs> cracking there's there's four frames of a hand coming in picking the ship back up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah the posh crowd arrive and what I, what I, the other thing that I find quite interesting is that Ruben is massively suspicious of them all the way through episode 1 and then at the beginning of episode 2 he has this sort of sudden trust in them because now he's decided it was the beast of Fang Rock I think it's uh, yeah, that's he's what been waiting for that. when uh, when upper class people show up yeah it was just immediately like right I've got a new enemy now <laughs> I like. I, I've not got the time to to distrust the doctor. I'm going to distrust the upper class. <laughs> um, quite right. Funny enough, I read a quote from Terence Dix recently when he, he was talking about writing something else entirely, but um, it was in reference to another script entirely. But he did say the quote. He said, "People love to see rich bastards get it in the neck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> So it's good, and again, like these people turn up, and it's like they've been—I can't remember where it is—they've been, um, but they've been gambling in France somewhere, I think, and they've sort of jumped in the boat to get back to England really quickly because Lord Palmerdale wants to get into the stock market and make a load of money. Um, but again, it's that like a thing I love about it is it establishes so much so quickly with just a couple of throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of go, right? Cool. That's where that's what their deal is. That's where they're from, and they're all they're all in their party gear as well, which is quite like. And obviously, Lord Palmerdale is really rude to everyone and demanding brandy and all that sort of stuff. It's a very, mm-hmm. very quick. It's like I said, this brandy, is what everybody's. <laughs> this is what everybody's about. Um, is all we've got out here. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it? Did you say it was bad luck to have? booze on the lighthouse or was it just against yeah, regulations was it bad luck no i think it, yeah, no, it was just regulations it was yeah. regulations that was regulations yeah okay. <laughs> that's regulation bovril that is <laughs> i've got um in my I'm notes sorry it's my only note so <laughs> <laughs> my note at the start of episode two is that i wasn't sure that the lord who came in wasn't the guy who died in the first episode <laughs> and then just dot 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 everyone in the 70s looked the same except Tom Baker <laughs> I, I was having a bit of trouble really <laughs> with just like that is that no okay that that is a different person that is, okay and like they do look completely different but I yeah. was just immediately <laughs> forgetting people's faces very dark as that well and I guess me, you, I you don't get you didn't get really get a lot of time with Ben did you so yeah you know like, oh he's yeah. back no, no Lord Palmerdale was extremely Matt Berry 
Look, I need some dry clothes, and I need them now. All in good time, sir. Just give the young lady some soup, then I'll attend to you. I'll catch my death of cold standing around like this. You shouldn't be so impulsive, Henry. When I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. Hmm. He's got like, yeah. all the way through it. I was just like, he could be Matt. He could, like an unironic Matt Brandy. Protomanger. But that guy, what's his name? I mean, we're, we're jumping ahead a bit, but like, just speaking of just me forgetting their faces constantly, the one who I thought looked like the least important character ended up being the only one that was there till the end. I mean, he died as well, so it doesn't. The grey haired guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doomed them all, Sean, by cutting the. Oh, he did. Do you know what I really liked about the. There was a lot going on with that Morse code machine. Yeah. And it never gets used or anything, but something I really liked from the first episode was Leela goes to touch it. And she's told, "Don't could you, could you not touch that, please?" And as soon as they look away, she gives it a wee nudge, <laughs> as if to say, "I'll fuck it. I'll do what I like. I'll touch it if I want." And I was like, "This character's incredible." I know she's good. There's a line in episode two that implies that electricity makes you stupid. <laughs> Is there? Yep. What was it? And uh, I think uh, I think if the last few years of taught us anything <laughs> uh, we have all started using electricity in the last couple of been, years uh, might have been uh, onto something there maybe we could uh, maybe if the twitterati were on coal we wouldn't be uh, in the mess we're in today the, the, Doctor Who proves strangely prophetic again <laughs> that wasn't from it wasn't from Ruben was it because obviously Ruben spends the whole thing going on about oil yeah, it was during one of the arguments about like is electricity good or should we go back to oil and so on. So I don't just... like that electricity makes you stupid. <laughs> 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 I've been drinking electricity every day for a week and I feel <laughs> thick. <laughs> was that because people got electrocuted and die in the episode and you just thought they Became really stupid and just stopped saying things. Look at how stupid and lazy he's become. Yeah. You'd have to be not stupid to be killed by a doing the lighthouse horn at all. Just standing in a graveyard. These fucking idiots everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's so stupid. Oh, I enjoy the lighthouse communication system. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want one of those for the house. I think that'd be lovely. <laughs> just spitting down it. <laughs> You'd re- like, despite the fact that everybody's dying, like the the thing that I feel when I'm watching it is like I'd love to spend a night at that lighthouse. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it'd be a nice. A I like nice that. I like long I, weekend. I like to imagine, like I think I was watching it. It's like I could, I could imagine the smell of the the room, the boiler room downstairs, and mm. the, the 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 coldness of the fog. And I, I really liked the idea of standing up the top of that lighthouse. It's all very nice. Well, and, but also all the chat, all the, the chat, biggest jumper possible, <laughs> <laughs> and all the chat about soup. Really, Lots kind of, of brought the loads of soup. Loads of soup brought in like the, a, a nice cozy vibe to it as well. Um, soup in a tin cup. I've got um, a note here saying about a line, and this is a serious Doctor Who uh, thing here. Is I've written down a line I enjoyed was when they asked the Doctor, "Are you in charge here?" And he said, "No, but I'm full of ideas." And I wrote, that's something that feels like very Doctor Who, and I bet all Doctor Who fans fucking love that line. I was, 
<laughs> I was thinking that sounded like a Facebook banner. Yeah, see, we're, we're coming back to the hat problem I mentioned. Yeah. People tell me to get a life, but I just choose to have many. Yeah. Got a picture of Master Chief. Yeah, is that like big minion? That's what my Doctor Who design would be, actually, the t shirt instead of Doctor Who would be that. <laughs> Oh, that's it. That's you're scared good. of me because I'm different, and I'm scared of you because you're all the same. And the Mario whole e- with the tribal tattoo. The whole episode, you're just trying to read the t-shirt through his jacket, like oh, he's gone. <laughs> he does. So now I'm just and you go, and it's like, are you in charge here? And he just turns around and says, "People tell me to get a life, but I just choose to have many." Oh. I, I guess I was. I, I think I've written down here that he seems to kind of try to assert. He's kind of alpha mailing it almost by just shouting at everyone. Shouting everyone saw down. that Rutan coming up the stairs, and he said, "Oh, look, some fresh XP." <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> gave it a big elbow. My favorite thing about, about to level up, and you're you're just enough XP. <laughs> My favourite thing about the Rutan is that, like, um, is when he's walking about his Ruben and he's like, oh, now I can abandon this ridiculous form. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, mate, that ridiculous form was getting you up and down the stairs faster than... That, I mean, this is the biggest thing I wanted to discuss. <laughs> like, when I said I was furious, I was just shouting at the alien, just being like, you were better. <laughs> walk up the stairs. You walk up the stairs and electrocute people. The root hand, let's be fair, it looks like someone spat a sweet into a dog's bed. <laughs> And it's just rolled around, rolled around, gathering up the hairs. That's that's well, in the production notes. <laughs> the thing was, do you know it was in episode two where you get a little glimpse of it from the top of the lighthouse? And yeah, it's at the bottom, just yeah. crawling. And it looks a bit like a jellyfish. Like, right, yeah, I was like, oh, that must be just what the top of its head looks like. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then you see it. I was like, no, it just looks like that. Oh, that's the whole thing. Yeah, just yeah, sort of like even, a wet cabbage. Even during when. When Tom Baker's in conversation with it, it does seem like he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> there's a, I've noticed I there's think, a fair think he would be Corpson though. in that episode. Yeah. There's a lot of like think... grins breaking through. I noticed uh, there's one the, the the secretary Adelaide does a couple, or she does one. She's meant to be upset, and then there's a wee. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I've got my, my notes here. He, like he's so jovial, and then he, he says, "You know, like oh, we're under attack by, and by the morning we might be dead." And he does a wee kind of laugh, and I was like, <laughs> I, I wrote down, "Why are the other Doctor Who's? This is the best one." <laughs> and then well, after that, a, a quick look on the Wikipedia, ah, Tom Baker was a bit of an arsehole by this point, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but that's I mean that's kind of the thing again that I love about his doctors that he asserts this distance from it because you know how that way again like you watch don't get me wrong I love Doctor Who in its many forms but the thing I love about Tom Baker is he's so different from the modern stuff because the modern doctor turns up and he's like thinks everybody's lives are important and it's a great message obviously to have but Tom Baker's like I'm an alien I'm fucking better than you (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'm just and that's what you like is it I'm just having a big laugh that's what Richie likes. Yeah. No, I I can definitely <laughs> see that appealing to uh, a certain audience. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Although to, to but he doesn't. Leland it's not does. like he doesn't care. It's, it's just, just just Rick and Morty, isn't it? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Is it not just Rick and Morty? That's a really good point, Sean. Uh, listeners, Richie's face right now is realization, <laughs> and the color is scarlet. <laughs> is it not just Rick and Morty? That's fucking. Oh my god! <laughs> I did have. I do have the Doctor's Glee written here because he just seems to be having a. Again, he's just having a good time. He's having yeah. fun. I really like Richie's just desperately trying to claw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, he loves humanity. Um, the one that I liked, really thought was good, though, was when he looked, Vince goes to do something, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go and st- stoke the boiler or some, some, mm-hmm. something like that. And the doctor looks him in the eye and is like, good lad. And I was like, yeah. even in an acting capacity where he had to say that to you, he was being paid to say that to you, I would be set up for life, I think, if Tom Baker looked me in the eye and just went, good lad. It's like you know, like when a nun you give um, like a pound to a nun, and they're like, "God bless you," and you're like, "That has to mean something coming from a nun." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you banked that. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I, I felt that. Yeah, when he said "good lad," I was I was happy. Yeah, he's saying that to me, kind of. Also, there's another yeah. moment like that that I enjoyed the the handshake after the diamond retrieval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was which, very which just, funny. It just felt like a bit of a like. Yeah, we're doing it. I mean, unfortunately, it turned out that everyone was doing <laughs> disposable, and it disposable. was actually a false sense of security being given to him. But in in that moment, at least, it felt like yeah. They didn't make a big thing of it, but the, the uh, Skinsale did die because he went chasing the diamonds. But that's mm. bullshit because <laughs> because the doctor, doctor threw them. got him killed. Oh, like throwing the diamonds down. And it's like you. I know that they were putting that in as a message of like, oh, like he was so greedy. He should have yeah. just left the diamonds. If those were ten p, <laughs> if that was a bunch of skittles, and just went like, well, I'll just throw them down there. You go like, well, that was off your. I'll pick those up. <laughs> someone, someone could trip on these diamonds. Yeah, they, these are on the stairs in a lighthouse. You fall down that staircase, then you're fucking done. So I'm going to start picking those up. Oh no, I've been killed by a fucking blob. Thanks a lot, mate. I mean, I was shaking your hand a minute ago, but now I would, don't think I'd even look at you twice. Um, what have I got here? Anyway, episode two. I, love, I uh, love when Richie has to check his notes. Like. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But it turns out, anyway, that Tom Baker, by this point in the production, was a pain in the arse to work with. Yeah. Uh, was apparently running about trying to change stuff, trying to, you know, really bad to the other actors. Horrible man. Horrible man. Just putting that out there. So basically. So when he threw those diamonds down, that was an ad lib. (laughs) There is is a story. There is a story because, like, uh, when, again, when, when Liz Sladen, who played Sarah Jane, left. Um, and they brought in another companion he didn't want a companion he wanted it just to be the doctor um, and they were just like no no <laughs> anyway so he didn't he didn't, he didn't he didn't quite get on with Louise Jameson at first and apparently there's a story that apparently when they were rehearsing a scene he kept coming in before his cue to upstage her 
and then no no when they were rehearsing it when they were filming it and then she was she basically insisted every time he did it she insisted we're doing it again until we get it right and then he did it a few times but apparently that was the point that the two of them started to get on Ah, okay are you he's one of those kind of people but the you're right. The, the the other story as well is that the director of the episode, by the end of it, vowed never to work on Doctor Who again, because Tom Baker was such a massive pain in the arse. Brilliant. You shouldn't be a pain in the arse. You're fucking Doctor Who. <laughs> the Doctor himself is a pain Especially, in the arse. I mean, if if he was aware of what the fan base was like, he must have thought they'll eat shit, <laughs> <laughs> and they will beg for more. And they'll like I it. Can, I can do what I want. They'll eat shit and they'll like it. I'm Doctor Who. Do you think the beast ate him? What beast? The beast of Fang Rock. There's no such animal. But Reuben said there was. Neither the people around here have been fisher folk for generations. They're almost as primitive and as superstition ridden as your lot are. So episode three is about zombie Reuben. Mm-hmm. At this point has been... Was it Reuben who got... I've seen, I, I, this is terrible. Who got the backwards choke? Mind that? No, that was the the rich fella. Oh, it was the rich fella. Yeah, okay, mm. cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Ruben, zombie Ruben, is quite creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah see the moment, that smile. I was thinking, mm. like, um, you know the bit where they break through the door? Mm. When she breaks through the yeah. door and they're looking through the crack and he's just standing. Yeah. I was like, if this wasn't, like, shot like a 70s TV show, that could, if you did that really nicely, like it was in a film... Mm. With a bit of lighting, that could that would be an incredibly creepy shot. Yeah, um, but it's still but very good. It it's still, but it's it's also still very good. <laughs> well, I did I did like the kind of writing around that the, the idea of like uh, she was asking like why is he's in there mm-hmm. uh, and the doctor's like yeah but he's not listening and then the idea that he's completely yeah cut off and I was like this is this is a little creepy I can imagine like being a wee guy and hiding behind the sofa. But you know, I do. I was like, oh, "This is this is getting more my speed." Watching it on a, ti- a, a tiny telly on a cold September night. Exactly, naked as the day I was born. <laughs> <laughs> naked, save for a really big jumper, <laughs> just drowning in. The other thing I've got written about the root in here is big sur plume, so it's sort of very much in line with what Owen said about the. <laughs> It's Sweet. good though that when I kind of worry sometimes, and because this is imagine a Doctor Who podcast has a bit more of an international audience, and I was worried not to use any major like, you know, colloquialisms or things like that. But you know, if you if you're going to use surplume, I'm, uh, I will. A surplume is a type of boiled sweet. There you go. Boiled sweet. <laughs> Some sort of jellied sweet. A boiled sweet is a candy. <laughs> boiled candy. Boiled, yeah. It's just sugar that's been boiled until it's very hard, I guess. Mm. I don't know how they make them. I think we're in terrible trouble. Do not be afraid, Doctor. If what you say is true, we must arm ourselves and post guards. What about the others? They think we're mad if we start talking about creatures from outer space. But we're from space. We're oh, not a bitter. Don't tell them that, whatever you do. What do you mean? Do not be afraid. There's some good back and forth between the Doctor and Leela in this one. 
Mm. Well, episode three was an interesting one for me because this is where the, the video I was watching cut off. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was about to end. There was a minute left and I was actually halfway through the, the third episode. Oh, God. Uh, I'm so, Sean, I'm so sorry. Basically, what happened was is normally when we do these, I, uh, I'll i I'll either give them the DVD or, um, or I'll give them a BritBox login or something. But since Brexit, BritBox has been locked off. <laughs> from Ireland don't have access to BritBox anymore (laughs) so I ripped the DVD and sent it but I I obviously didn't check it and the DVD only ripped the first hour Um, I mean it kind of served the whole thing because I was on the edge of my seat there was two minutes left and I was like fucking hell how are they going to wrap this up (laughs) (laughs) the guy's walking around he's a zombie they're kind of just shoveling some coal at the minute and there's 30 (laughs) seconds left I was like what's going to happen this is the last episode and then I was like right there's no, there's no winning this. We're, we've got to go. Right. <laughs> it's a no-win scenario. Man. And then finding out you've got half an hour to go, that must have been a... I'm sorry. That must have been a hell of a blow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 the other thing as well, the, the, the big moment in this episode is uh, Leela's big slap. Oh. yeah. She's got so many good moments in this episode, like... A moment where she's testing out the sledgehammer as well. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I'm and like, the boys my skull. And like, yeah, incredible. <laughs> Just end it now. But yeah, like that and the uh, yeah the slap. I, I did like a proper like, ha. Yeah, the slap's good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's it's. Um, apparently, that's a real slap. Apparently, the the other actor was like, "Don't hold back, just do it." Yes, I. Uh, I mean, I know they're playing up the. She's, you know, a delicate woman from the past. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. And, uh, Leela is tough future tribal woman, but I do think it's reasonable <laughs> seeing a corpse of someone you know very well being dragged into room to say, "Oh no!" It's very upset. Says, Oh no! And she's instantly like, "Shut <laughs> up!" <laughs> there is, Shut there is, up! There's a real lost like, control, just, <laughs> just throwing her out the window. The, Shut up! It's so, yeah, she's it not so treated funny, with. She's not treated delicately. Like there's a point where <laughs> she's going up to, like she's going about, and the doctor and Leela stop her in the doorway, and he's like, "Get back to the crew room." And she's like, "The, the pair of them is quite is quite menacing." Like Leela's <laughs> literally hold. I think she's they're holding a knife or a sledgehammer. I'm like, "Yeah, I would. I would go back to the crew." Room. <laughs> but again, Gavin, do not be suspicious of these two people. <laughs> no. No. Put your faith in them. I know. Every it is funny that she's she is having, she's the one having the genuine reaction. Worst time. And the worst time. <laughs> like even, Leela even goes so far as to cast doubt on her beliefs at one point because the woman's talking about oh, like astrology yeah, yeah. and stuff. Talk- and yeah, Leela's like, right. that's stupid. You're stupid. You should, <laughs> you should think about uh, science. It's better to be to follow science than it is this rubbish. It's like, <laughs> let her have something. <laughs> After that sentence. I like, I like as well during that exchange that the way it ends, it's Leela saying, you know, well, that's a lot of rubbish. You should believe in science. And there's no kind of, oh, well, you know, like, I'll, I'll think about it. There's no final. It's just cut to her looking kind of down, like, oh. just 
I've been completely put in my place. <laughs> I don't I don't actually get to get another word in because you've said science is right. <laughs> it's yeah, like at least quick, maybe- somebody take a screenshot and get that on. I fucking love science. <laughs> <laughs> Another doubt like, put in their place. You, you use the clip as like, look at this astrologer idiot being told by a cave woman that she's wrong. <laughs> they don't even really discuss it at all. It's just like, oh well, I says no, that's stupid. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I arrived here in a magic box. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, you sort of wonder how it's, when you have moments like that, it's like, is that just the writer just having a, like he's had an annoying conversation with someone who's gone back to his room and went, written a bit where he's like, he calls someone a fucking idiot for believing in astrology. <laughs> well, it did make me think, who is this for, this, this little like, bit? He's been, he's been sitting over having breakfast with his wife and his wife says, Okay, it says today that you're going to come oh, into some... Oh, fucking shop! Get a rest! And he goes upstairs Stomps and immediately stays. You're talking about Mrs. Dix. <laughs> yes. Is there a Mrs. Dix? The so, only other thing I do have on my notes is fantastic eyebrow work from Baker in this episode. Watch out for it. <laughs> But yeah, no, but I, I, again, like like I said, I like the back, the the Leela doctor back and forth about when you know when he's running upstairs and says, "Come on, savage," or the line about <laughs> just the very quiet line about you know the malicious damage act of eighteen sixty one covers lighthouses. <laughs> She's like, what? "Well, once it she says, did she not say something wrong at one point?" And he corrects her. The generator's working. I wonder what's happening to the power. I'm not a technician. It could be shorting out, I suppose. And I suppose you are going to mend it. What? Without asking permission, I wouldn't dream of it. Let's talk to the crew first. This way. Technician. Ah, he's going upstairs and he's like, technician? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I love all that shit. I love it so much. It feels it feels a bit more like, again, like it really hammers home this idea of the two of them just like, they're just having a good time. <laughs> Amongst all this death. That's yeah. a, that's, but that is the thing, that is the thing like about old that period of Doctor Who is like even though everybody even though people are dying all over the place everyone like your main characters are having a good time it's like by the time you get to the 80s and it gets like everyone thinks it should be dark Mm. and then you're just like everyone's everyone's having a really terrible time why are they staying with them and even at one point like one of the companions at the end of the episode goes you know what I can't I'm not enjoying this so I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, just drop me off here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this is fine. I'll walk from here. But this is 1802. I I promise you that it's not great out there. Is it? It's better than this. It's better. Than this. <laughs> I haven't even told you what country we're in. Just, just open drop the me. door. Just over just the open, ocean. Just You're like, just, just let me open. out here. Just open the door here. Take me to WrestleMania, man. <laughs> Doing the, uh, take me to WrestleMania. <laughs> Doing the texture thing is like, look, uh, uh, whatever, whatever I owe you is yours, but I'm actually I'm gonna hop out here. I love the idea of Gav being the Doctor's companion and making the Doctor take him to all the toy shops in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Dublin City Comic, and then I'm like, take me to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> the shop's being close enough 
that the TARDIS doesn't fade and appear the next one. It just has to float <laughs> gently a couple of feet down. Look, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm, so- I'm sorry I had to drag you to Dublin City Comics every time we go. I'm, I'm sorry that I love something. <laughs> like using the TARDIS as a tuk-tuk. <laughs> just getting around a few blocks. I did like that in this one that the TARDIS was basically a, a few meters over there for the mm. whole thing. Yep. And just at any point she could have been like, No, I'll just wait. I'll I'll wait in there. Why don't we get everyone in the TARDIS where it's like it's an impregnable thing and then we're safe. Is there is that a rule, Richie, in Doctor Who? Like he can't he can't uh take people he away can't with put them. anyone else in the TARDIS? Is that like breaking the time rules or something? I'm sure there's probably been I mean like I remember when Stephen Moffat was on Twitter I remember a tweet that he did it's like the eternal curse of the Doctor Who writer is like why don't you just get back in the TARDIS and go (laughs) (laughs) well that that was that was my question (laughs) my favourite Doctor Who thing is when the Doctor realises something and runs to the TARDIS it's a time machine yeah. like, you can have a cup of tea and then get in it <laughs> it's just like when you realise like, oh my god I, I have to go to the year 5000 <laughs> like, don't worry about it you can do it a week from now <laughs> What if what if the end of the episode was they head back to the TARDIS and it's not there and he goes, Oh, um I I guess, I guess we live here now. just <laughs> just got in and fucked off. Like even oh, at the end God, going, I wish everyone in that lighthouse wasn't fucking dead. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that though. With my time machine, even though I did cause some of these deaths. <laughs> Richard, nah. do you enjoy doing this podcast with us? I do, I do. It's good. It's good fun. I'm, I'm hoping that people like. I, I hope that people who watch the show like me. I know, I, I know there are people because, uh, you know, I talk to these people and have fun with them, and we all have the same sense of humor about it. I feel like we can look at its inconsistencies and daft things like that but also I, I feel like you know the people that write the show are always trying to come up with daft reasons why that like again the new series of Doctor Who had that whole thing about like you can't cross your own timeline so you can't go back right. and then so you could go you've... back and save those people if you, even if you wanted to no because it, it would be a paradox or something you know something like that what if it just went back Except to before when they need to, he arrived they, and then left a machine gun? I'll <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. just be, they'll know what to do. Maybe yeah. just lands the TARDIS on the Rutan. No, the Rutan would just see the machine gun on the ground and go, "Oh God, I'm." <laughs> they've got machinies. <laughs> the machine gun has who? <laughs> because of course Doctor Who just has to put who on everything and the Rutan's like if, oh no Doctor Who's coming if, if lost return to Doctor Who it says 
It's funny that uh, at the end of the episode they have the line, the dramatic moment where Tom Baker realizes that the routine can change form, mm-hmm. and yeah. he says he pronounces it the chameleon factor. Mm. And I'm like, you had to go at Leela earlier for saying technician. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just thought that was a just a Doctor Who word that I didn't. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was an alien called like who would you know, but it was called like a chameleon. chameleons. Yeah. yeah, those bloody chameleons again. But also, you said lycanthropy, but isn't mm. lycanthropy turning? Into an into animal a wolf. A wolf. or a wolf. Well, I, I did the same when you said horror at Fang Rock, horror at Fraggle Rock. I said this is going to be about werewolves or vampires, and I was super yeah. into the idea. And then it was just a big slimy cabbage. <laughs> Do you know that the episode was written like really last minute to replace a vampire story because they had to they they were opening the season with a vampire story. And then the head of drama or something at the BBC said, you can't do that because we're literally about to put a TV version of Dracula on. Ah, uh, okay. So you're going to have to do something else. And so, like, last minute... I heard a different minute, story. What? I, I, heard, no, I heard it was supposed to be a vampire story, but th- when the prop department opened up the box, the delivery box, <laughs> it was a slimy cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, right, you've got 20 minutes to rewrite <laughs> this script. And replace all the vampires with a slime cabbage. And this was this before meant to have a whole vampire in it. This was this, this was before they had like find and replace or anything like that. So they had to do it all by hand. Okay, so onwards to episode four, we have the the the, the we have we have the cliffhanger where he realizes that he's let in a shape shifting alien, which is Fucking mad because like monster. I. I it's it's hard for me. What's good about doing this podcast is that I can watch it and I think about you guys watching it, which makes me see it from a slightly different angle. But when you know the ending, it's hard to remember when the reveals have happened. So, like again, like the thing I love about this story is that you know, episode three was about Ruben kicking about being a zombie, and we're not sure why. And then episode four is like he's he's a shape shifting sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> and so like episode 4 it's just like the the thing talks we see it moving about um, and so it's like kicked up a gear again I did like yeah. that model shot of the, the thing climbing up the lighthouse yeah like that big fraggle rock energy that, I like that a lot <laughs> also episode 4 has the great shot where uh, the doctor's hanging from the window ledge yeah <laughs> which, they will, which they would have CSO'd in I guess I liked that no, a bit. The re- <laughs> well, well, when he was climbing in, I really liked how much they lingered on on how hard that would be. Yeah. Really like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit where you can see in his face going, "Jesus, I might, I might fall." <laughs> For such a, but it was great. There are that. What is nice about these kind of productions is for moments like that, where as well when. Uh, when the diamonds are being looked for uh-huh. and that shot just goes on for ages and it is just a guy groping around a body <laughs> and eventually body finding body it and you think like you know that would be so tackled so much swifter mm-hmm. now yeah, oh, yeah. but then you kind of go well I suppose what I'm seeing is what that really would be like <laughs> so yeah. there is a realism to yeah I suppose you would just have to 
kind a of... bit of much needed realism. <laughs> yeah. There was actual tension when he's rummaging through the guy's shirt and he's shouting body belt at him. And I was thinking, where would that actually be? What's a body belt? And uh and then he starts like digging down and then cutting back to the root and you know, mm-hmm. kinda of barely getting up the step. <laughs> but it was still like I mean, he's probably only two steps away, but that's that's still really close. <laughs> <laughs> Yet still we have ages. So it's fine. And it had it had that same uh it had that same it had the same effect as you know any shot of someone trying to get the right key mm-hmm. but like it was amped up because the thing was taking about an hour to get <laughs> my only but, note for episode 4 is the doctor's pockets mm-hmm. because the doctor says like you know get all the stuff that's in my pockets they're loading up the little cannon oh, yeah. with everything everyone has in their pockets would you like to put your hand in Tom Baker's <laughs> pockets or that loose back straight in yeah. Just at the conventions I don't know how much he charged for that <laughs> I was sorry to go back to the return thing I do like I do, like it's one of those things that's like again when you look at old stuff like this and you're like god that's a wee bit ropey but at the same time they kind of acknowledge that in the fact that nobody takes it like the Doctor and Leela do not take it seriously in any way which is a lot of fun especially the Doctor because he just takes the piss out of him Um, yeah I did like that like it was and the camera angles really sell that as well and that (laughs) you're looking down at this thing that's like the step in front of it is obscuring most of it (laughs) (laughs) But then cutting back to the doctor, it's one of the most extreme upshots. Like he's he's locking down and fire. Now I remember Reuben the Rutan. You know our form? Well, when you've seen one Rutan, you've seen them all. We are a Rutan scout. We are specially trained in the new metamorphosis techniques. Well, I expect you'll get better at it in time. Uh, Before we move on from the Rutans, uh would anyone like to hear my Rutan fact file? Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. These are all taken from Doctor Who magazine number 193, which, as you well know, Richie, was released on the 25th of November 1992. It came with a free poster and a Rutan fact file. What number is it? Because I could literally look it up right now to see if you're lying. Number 100... Oh, no, you can look at... 193. 25th of November, 1992. And you'll see up in the top corner, free poster. 193. Tell me, does it come with a free poster? The Suntarans are back. Behind the scenes yep. of Android Evasion. What is real, Doctor... Oh, top right, free poster, sorry. Friday, poster, eh, sorry, 25th of November, 90, no, okay, okay, got you, 1992, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, Apologies. so now that uh, <laughs> now that all the doubt has been expunged, can I give you the Rutan fact file from that Doctor Who magazine? No. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, so, first of all, where uh, the Rutans got their name, it's nature spelled backwards and with the E removed. 
<laughs> Try it yourself. <laughs> write write it down. Write it out myself. Oh no! It, 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 it does. Uh, oh, and I hope that's it, true because yeah. that is a great piece of trivia. <laughs> okay, number number two. Uh, the Rutans have not appeared on screen in any episode featuring their rivals, the Sontarians. The Sontarians, yeah. Mm. All of the Sontarians. Well, the uh, Rutan fact number three: uh, Rutan is an anagram of Unrat, which is French for rat. <laughs> <laughs> we need the gash cast. <laughs> <laughs> Nature rat. <laughs> and uh, finally, on the Rutan fact file number four, uh, Leela was played by Louise Jameson, who is married to David Warwick, who was another Doctor Who actor. Both are huge fans of the show, and together they have had two children, both of which are named Rutan. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Cool. That's the Rutan gonna, fact file from I'm, Doctor I'm, Who magazine number 193, released 25th of November 1992, which, as we all now know, is true and came with a free post. Free post. I wonder what the poster I've been was. trying this entire time to find it's a Centarian, Centarian uh, poster, but I, I found this one and it's like they've got the poster showing the condition of the poster, but they've folded it over so you can't see what the poster looks like. And what, Damn, right, so we're on this, episode... This is a, Sorry, just to go back to Doctor Who 193. Um, <laughs> free poster. Roy Castle is in it. Oh, yeah, Roy Castle was in the um, the second Dalek movie. What is real, Doctor Who? The Return of Controversy Corner. <laughs> How long was Controversy Corner gone? Yeah. Like, <laughs> one episode. I'd say that was a controversy in itself. Where's the Controversy Corner? I have controversies. <laughs> of course, 1992 is a time in Doctor Who when everyone's like, "Why is it not on the tail? Where is it? Where is it? When is it coming back?" News Bring happened. back Doctor Who so I can complain about it every fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Every fucking week. <laughs> um, does anyone know what he was on about when he was talking about an early Shimerly? Because I could no. not figure out what that what he was on about. He says it sounds like an Irish thing. What? Gavin, an you and I male? both know the doctor would never acknowledge the Irish people. No, God, no. Not with his great friends, Ruth Churchill. <laughs> the, um... Has there been a Doctor Who that in any way acknowledged the existence of the Emerald Isle? Not in a way you'd like. The timeless, <laughs> the, the one we watched, remember? Had the whole how the how the, do, how the doctor's repressed memory was like turned into a story. <laughs> of about an course, Irish the doctor's policeman. repressed memory was uh, I went for a weekend in Dublin. They <laughs> <laughs> dragged the Dublin City comics. <laughs> they they had this drink. They had they actually called the drink a car bomb. I think it was a very poor taste. <laughs> Is it not like um, on the doctor on the TARDIS holodeck? Does he not have like an Irish village that he goes to quite a lot? <laughs> he goes into this qu- very quaint little Irish village and has car bombs which is which is Gavin you'll know it's it's a fat frog 
Uh, you know, you know the drink of Bad Frog, oh, which you God, make yes. with like uh, Blue Wicked uh, Smirnoff Ice <laughs> and uh, Bacardi Breezer mixed together, and then you drop a shot of Jägermeister into yep. it. Yep, yep. So, and it's called uh, a car bomb, is it? And it's called a car bomb. Oh, a car's bomb. <laughs> I mean, that there's quite a lot going on in that glass, is there? Yeah, I don't think I would be able to handle too many of those. Sean, I know that by the time you got to episode four, you had to watch it on Daily Motion where it had a ba- a banner <laughs> it was it about said um, Doctor Who on it <laughs> it said it said the year it said fourth doctor and then it said the name of the episode and that took about 60% of the screen <laughs> and oh, then man. the I watched the episode was in a tiny square at the top that was flipped so all of the locations I'd previously seen were just the other way around right so uh but that's what it was like fun. watching television in 1977 <laughs> yeah. with your fourth uh, doctor with your big <laughs> your big homemade banner around the telly fourth, <laughs> fourth yeah. doctor it was a it was a cutout that came with the radio time yeah into your television oh dear um, yeah yeah, so anyway, moving on, we get the we get the the sort of haphazard kind of diamond in the lighthouse turning the light. I do like, I really like the idea of turning the fucking lighthouse into a big laser cannon. That was that was. <laughs> I was very excited when they started talking about that as an idea. So, only, you know, if only we had some diamonds, or where are we going to get diamonds was, from? It was playing out in my head a bit a bit differently, but it was still a good. <laughs> I did notice you choosing your words very carefully. Oh, I loved when they proposed that. (laughs) (laughs) The shot's shot's not too bad, but it happens. I know they've got limited uh, special effects capabilities, but you do hope that the lighthouse is going to shoot a laser that's going to take out a ship. Might be better than... (laughs) <laughs> the the shot is quite. I know it's on screen for like a second, but it does. Like, it does what? It's it's. See, Sean, this well, is your I, first. I this is your I first would... time on the show, so this is what it's really about. <laughs> I thought I was blind. I thought I was blind after I saw it, but then I just opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so here's another story for you that whole bit that whole idea came from the fact that the contact lenses that Louise Jameson was wearing were hurting her eyes and she was like look I don't want to wear these anymore so they wrote in a whole bit at the end where the explosion changes the colour of her eyes so she doesn't need to wear the contacts anymore what colour were the contacts? Hmm? they were brown they were brown just, just oh. give her brown eyes. Um, yeah. It's a so bit weird, doesn't it, when you think about it? Like, the idea, like, we're going to give you brown eyes. And you're like, well, does it really matter what colour my eyes are in the show? <laughs> like, yeah, but wear these uncomfortable lenses to make them brown. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, did she have, like, red? Did she have, like, golden eyes? Or was she brown eyes? Golden eyes. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but golden eyes. Your, your eyes don't show up on film. <laughs> <laughs> so to we're gonna have to put some 
<laughs> just like, we have to make googly, that another. Your 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 brown eyes won't show, or sorry, your blue eyes will, will won't show in the in the blue screen that we use. Yeah, they're <laughs> so blue. They're so blue. Yeah. Um, apparently, say brown screen, which is even better. According to the TARDIS wiki fandom thing, uh, many humans in Doctor Who history have mistakenly assumed Gallifrey was a place in Ireland. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Really, it's, like, it's kind of an ongoing thing where they're like when he, when he says he's from Gallifrey someone will be like is that in Ireland? Yeah. that is such a shite British joke man. <laughs> that's a dig man that's a proper dig at the Irish people are you going to take that? you going to <laughs> <laughs> I will because I'm going to be the better man <laughs> I'll just blow up a building so <laughs> So, <laughs> so a laser shoots out the lighthouse. There's an explosion, um, and then they, 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 you know, and then it's all over. And they get back in the TARDIS, and Tom Baker tells that that little poem that the whole show is based on. And then you see the little model. I really like that mm-hmm. little model shot of the. The good thing about old Doctor Who model shots compared to, like, say, an American show's model shots, is it makes you realise that the model sh- the models in American shows are really big yeah whereas Doctor Who really this looked are like it was like, t- like in a shoebox uh, <laughs> you looked into a hole in a shoebox <laughs> someone Which? won a competition with their Doctor Who diorama <laughs> yeah. right, right, we're going to use that can we, borrow, one can, can we borrow that whoa this could be a show <laughs> <laughs> bitch and model um, order some vampire props right now <laughs> So wait till you see this asshole's model. The episode, <laughs> the episode ends. Sean, what what are you feeling? Uh, I mean, you can be. I like just, just be honest. It's fine. <laughs> I had forgotten how much I was enjoying it because I just felt so bad for that last. Just just the last guy that got killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just him. I was just for the whole thing going. That seemed to. That was. I feel it. It looked like the doctor set that up so that he would definitely get killed by the rootin. The rootin. Because he knew if there was yeah, one guy, um, if he knew if there was one guy left, he'd have to he'd have to give him a lift. Yeah, and then through that whole end, end bit, like even when he's giving the speech, I was just going like, "This fucking guy just murdered that man." <laughs> left. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. He laid a trap for that man. <laughs> and I was also just laughing at like just the classic how slow the guy went. No, don't kill me. <laughs> no, don't kill me. No. <laughs> no. <coughs> There's a great bit in in um, I can't. I think it's episode three, maybe. But when they're all in the room with Zombie Ruben. Mm. and because zombie Ruben moves quite slowly you know there's not going to be a big action scene where he grabs someone and kills them so what they do is they cut to a scene up in the the you know the top of the lighthouse and then they cut back and Ruben's already got his hand on the woman's head <laughs> it's like right there we go that was the one that was the one that got me as well yeah because was- like I, I was thinking yeah. all I was thinking when he came in and there's a table like every time one of these scenes happens there's a table in the middle of the room I think of what I would do playing Resident Evil and that would be run <laughs> around the table 
Yeah. <laughs> While the well, thing I did follows think, me. I, I I found that bit jarring, but like I thought she had teleported somehow, or that he had jumped over and that there was a sound effect missing or something like that. Maybe he did. Which just that's awful. what happened. That's what happened. Maybe yeah. he did. Yeah. Drop, um, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I enjoyed the episode a lot, or sorry, the the, the four episodes a lot, and. Uh, but it was just funny because because it was just I, I had just watched it as this thing as mm-hmm. its own thing mm-hmm. I was so attached to the characters the supporting characters yeah that I was just left going like this fucking guy's just walked in and <laughs> just doesn't care about them at all and has left so for the whole final five minutes I was a little bit checked out just going like they're just gone <laughs> I can't believe they're gone yeah. <laughs> there's definitely like as I said earlier my friends who are into it and I was like wouldn't it be slightly interesting to see some well we haven't heard from the lighthouse in a while you know it cuts to a week later and someone comes and finds like the dead bodies <laughs> would that not be a slightly interesting way to, to end like how did this happen mm. and end it on that rather than them just who going who did this let's get out of here man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> off they go I think you do need to know about that story for you to feel like oh I see what they've done yeah. because without the knowledge of that story it just feels like oh but the, I mean <laughs> there I get, should be it feels like people. there should be one person who is at least that you can say like you know you make it back and you know tell someone tell that, nobody <laughs> or, yeah even that like you know don't tell but just if one person was still alive you could see that as the the small win but no but it is it is improved by knowing it could have been it could have been the young guy survived the young fisherman survived and he's off when he's old telling tales about this fisherman tale about Doctor Who and everyone's saying shut up yeah he saved me A and his name box. was Doctor Who with <laughs> a pipe with a big pipe in his mouth he walked he in he said I'm Doctor Who I've got three hearts and I know what to do God save the bloody queen would you like a jelly baby <laughs> put your hand in my pocket <laughs> put your hand in my pocket would you like a jelly baby would you like a jelly baby um I mean I liked it yeah I, I think I like the fact that everyone dies. I think there's a part there's a, like, I think I, I quite like, just how. I don't know. Very, I mean, it is very horror-y, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the, certainly some of the the best horrors end on a bleak note. Uh, the Wicker Man, for example. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing to end on a bleak note. It's just uh, a bit weird for a Saturday night kids show for babies. <laughs> it's not I mean it, it isn't weird for kids, uh, kids show. <laughs> it's not, not a fucking kids show for I'm not doing, I'm not doing, I was going to say it's not weird for a kids show because kids love that shit <laughs> like mm. yes everyone yeah. died you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink a strawberry yop <laughs> <laughs> and pretend it is blood <laughs> and then put the lid back on and then squeeze it so the lid goes <laughs> <laughs> Clean that up, <laughs> Richie. Yeah, 
Are we going to get to the end of this whole podcast without mentioning the Max Headroom incident? I was just about to mention the Max Headroom incident. <laughs> um, he wasn't. He forgot. I was. I, I was. I, was. <laughs> um, I mean, it's quite. You, I, I, you should have the podcast interrupted by Max Headroom. Someone. Do you, Do you know? Well, Sean, have you come across this story about an American? public broadcasting service channel the the TV signal being hijacked and replaced with uh, footage of a man dressed like Max Headroom doing like some weird just shouting some weird stuff and then it cuts, is it, does it cut to like I'm being spanked? Rich, Richie, you, you need to explain all these elements yeah. so much I remember more Sean, I is, Sean is 19 years old <laughs> okay hold on I, I spotted about five things in that that I'd be like what <laughs> Sean do you know what Max Headroom is no absolutely not it was uh, co-created no, by the di- co-created by one of the directors of the Super Mario movie um, Richie don't <laughs> I know, sorry sorry anyway Mario Max, do you know right do you know in Back to the Future 2 is that like Wario's <laughs> not look, not look. Uh, rival? <laughs> Do you know in Back to the Future too when he goes into the eighties and goes into Cafe Eighties? Yeah. And do you know how when he goes up to the menu and there's like weird plastic people kind of yeah, talking? Yeah. Well, Max yeah. Headroom looked like that, except it was a character called Max Headroom and he had plastic kind of blonde hair and the the glasses. I can't really remember much about it to be honest with you. But anyway, so in America, Doctor Who was on public service public broadcasting system or whatever it is they called it it was on like old doctor who was on all the time and uh during a transmission of horror or fang rock somebody hijacked the signal and replaced it with a video that they'd created but because the the tech to do it is so ropey and because it's analog it's really horrible and distorted and it is extremely sinister which makes it really kind of cool but it's obviously just someone just fanning about. But someone appears with this kind of Max Headroom mask on and he's got a really distorted voice because the transmission's not working terribly well. And he's just going off on one about like kind of corporate America and, and all that oh sort of God. stuff. But then well, it like... Hacking a- telly. Hacking telly is yeah. like so awesome. It's the coolest thing It's like I've managed to I do... Like if I- it's like I've managed to do a comic book thing. I'm the Joker now. <laughs> it's because it's analog as well, I know. and just horrible. But I'm assuming because it's analog and it's probably fizzling in and out. Is it slightly layering over the episode every now and just? <laughs> well, no, I, it just so it, like it, when it stops, it just cuts right back into horror of Fang Rock. <laughs> that, sound, is, that sounds fucking hellish. I'm actually like thinking about how I would feel watching that if you're because ho- again because horror fang rock is so quiet and so cozy and so slow that yeah. this horrible nightmarish an- fizzing analog of like overexposure and color and like this the the shout there's all this shouting and you can't really like you can't tell what's I'm being said nightmares right now thinking about <laughs> <laughs> well, my biggest like- my biggest like fear is the idea of just a thing appearing in front of you that you can't like if you close your eyes you can't unsee it <laughs> and that's just ugh. I mean so it's not it, when you see it, it it's not as bad like it's always in those like um like top want- 10 scary moments 
on TV kind of deal. Like uh, like Chills, YouTube sensation Chills, has done it like 10 times. It's came up on his channel because it's very unsettling. It's it's um, a br- it's a brilliant I guess. Oh my god, Max call- Headroom's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I resigned. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that at all. Um, um, and can- just the idea of it being that is just even worse. Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning we might all be dead. <laughs> Anyone interested? Well, okay, so so you enjoyed it then? Yeah. I was unsure. I, I I got really nervous about giving you an old one for some reason. Not that I don't think you have the attention span or anything, but I just... No, I, I really liked it. Um, It was good. It was good. Okay, nice I, want to, I want to see another uh, Doctor Who uh, exactly like that, though, now. Uh, oh, you're in luck. Not, not in <laughs> Shit, they're all the fucking same, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> Well, Sean, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for, for tailoring that episode specifically to, to everything I said in my, in my answers. It was really like um, Better Call Saul. And, uh, <laughs> A neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the lighthouse laser thing is kind of like the big sniper rifle. The, the lighthouse laser is, ve- is quite anime, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's why I was saying the idea of it, like, ah. <laughs> We're going to use the lighthouse to kill the Rutans. <laughs> it would do that thing where it would shoot into the clouds, and the clouds would, like, split apart. It'd be so good. Um, we should remake that episode. Yeah. Would, uh, would it be okay for me to give. Sean, the recommendation for a episode of Doctor Who to watch our story. Sure, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what this recommendation is. Um, there's well, there's two moments that are great in Doctor Who. One is the episode where, of course, Mickey Smith is kidnapped by the Autons. Um, but I would say, greatest show in the galaxy uh, is easily my favourite so far, and it's genuine. I think you genuinely enjoy it. Um. I'm just mostly watching Owen and Richie for this whole. No, don't exchange. don't look at the turn the cameras off. <laughs> right down greatest show. That's S H O W. I mean, the clues in the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with a name like that. Um, it's very good. Would you name a bad episode of a show the greatest show in the galaxy? I mean, you'd be asking for trouble. <laughs> Yes, what there we go. Say? See it on the note post. Oh, in the galaxy. In the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really good. It sounds great. There's lots to love in it. There's a, bar- a barbarian biker guy who eats a sandwich out of a little thing in his bike. It's really good. You remember that's, Great that's Show in the Galaxy better than I do. You know that. Yeah, because it's bloody great television. <laughs> um, I'll agree with Gavin. There is a lot in that episode. <laughs> I'll Can say, we... Richie, I do think you did well picking my one because I would say uh, Green Death is probably still far and away the, my favourite of the ones you've had me watch. Okay. Yeah, I'd say like when you picked Robots of Death for me, I could watch Robots of Death again. So mine wasn't as good as Alan's one. Yeah, <laughs> what we're saying, Richie, is back when you actually did put some thought into it, it was better. <laughs> 
the show worked better. It was the greatest show in the galaxy. <laughs> in the galaxy. In the galaxy. Um, would you do another so one, just, just something to think yeah. about for the next time. <laughs> What's this all about, Doctor? Survival, Colonel. Survival? Yes, yours, mine, all of us. Oh, this mysterious beast that eats light housekeepers. Do you find that difficult to accept, Colonel? Oh, come, Doctor, I'm a man of intelligence, of education. Quite so, quite so, and I don't believe in mythical sea creatures either. Then why do you suggest that we're in danger? Because somewhere out there is a hostile alien from a distant planet. And I believe it intends to destroy us. A hostile alien from a distant planet? Yes. You call yourself a doctor? Well, that's the most insane suggestion I've heard in my life. Doctor, I cannot find the cowardly one. I've never been more serious, Colonel. We are facing an enemy of greater power than you can dream of. I do appreciate the scientific romances of Mr. Wells, Mason. Doctor, but... Herbert may have a few yes. unimportant facts wrong, but his basic supposition is sound enough. Doctor, do you think your little speck in the galaxy is the only one with intelligent life? Hmm? Okay, well, again, all of you, thank you very much for coming along. Um, I urge anyone listening that doesn't know who any, of the, who any of us are, go and look up Studio Mala. Yes. Oh. Hey, they're amazing. With their, Sean has done some incredible work over the years, and I'm in constant awe of his abilities. Um, and also check out my pals here, Gesh Gav, <laughs> who is an incredible artist, and I'm going to just say your Twitter name, Mecha Gamezilla, who does the best YouTube videos in the world. So it's true. It's true. Actually, if you have any have any fans with loads of money, just tell them to like become sort of patron towards us making a like an animated remake, start to finish of of Horror Flying Rock, and we can <laughs> we can make the route and look whatever we want. Yeah, we change it to look good. Mad tall. I'm, I'm going to book like a three second shot of that. Just so that I can put that border from, <laughs> <laughs> from Daily Motion on my animation. Do a tiny animation right in the middle of the screen. Seems funny if it's yeah, four hundred by three hundred is the aspect ratio for the Somebody um, must have done some good fan art of a fucking lighthouse shooting a spaceship. Surely. Surely. Uh, I'm gonna look for Doctor. There's plenty of fan art of Rutans. Uh, <laughs> Imagine it, right? You do the horror of Fang Rock reanimated, but when it gets to the lighthouse bit, that's when you go off script and turn it into the most bombastic <laughs> studio trigger. Like, the shot from it, it's like it turns the world to daytime because it's so bright for yeah. a moment. And the lighthouse itself is destroyed in the Blast. Well, and just you can doctor see the in this episode the... is totally is totally doing that anime thing of like you know everyone talking about what a dire situation they're in and just cutting to him being like <laughs> you know doing the shoulder laugh <laughs> and um, throwing a load of diamonds at you oh, and an extreme close up like Aeon Flux style <laughs> of Leela's eyes and oh, them the burning brown out. eyes being blasted away to blue. <laughs> well, again, thank you, boys, and hopefully we can do this again. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Richie. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Richie. Bye. 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 I love you. Sean, what do you give a Horror Fang Rock out of 10, quick? 
Seven. Uh, cool, good. That's good enough. Three hearts. No, the, the episode's <laughs> over. You've done this. Oh. Either we're hunting high and low, and hunting everywhere. What? The Ballad of Flan and Isle by Wilfred Gibson. Who? Wilfred Gibson. Either we're hunted high and low, and hunted everywhere. The three men's fate. We found no trace. In any time, in any place. But a door ajar, and an untouched meal, and an overtoppled chair.